Hi, this is Pastor James Strickland, and you are listening to our sermon cast for Homeland Park Baptist Church. Well, we're taking a break from our series through 1 Corinthians today to give a special homage to our mothers. Uh, considering the subject matter that we've been going through the last couple of weeks, probably welcome the break. <laughs> but uh, as we uh, get here today, uh, I don't know why, but it seems like every year, I, I promise you I'm not just trying to re-preach a sermon I've always preached, but it just seems like every year I don't get a piece about anything other than these two passages because uh, they're just so important. So I can tell you this is not a rehash. This is not me preaching what I preached last year, but it is the same, uh, very similar Scripture references because they are, they just do a great job at talking about God's design, the value that women have, the value that God has placed upon them, and how we should respond. So, good morning, church. Today we celebrate Mother's Day. And for some of us, this is a day to celebrate our biological mothers who have loved us and cared for us unconditionally. For others, it may be a day to remember mothers who have passed away, like myself, or to reflect on the mothers who have shaped our lives in many other ways. No matter what your relationship to motherhood is today, I hope that you will join me in celebrating the women who have made a difference in our lives, the women who have made this world a better place, the women who have made us who we are today. Well, we often think of mothers as women who have given birth to children, but I believe the bigger title of mother can be given to any woman who has shown love and care for others. This includes women who have adopted children, who have fostered children, or maybe simply have been a positive role model in the lives of young people. So today, let us take a moment to honor all of those mothers in our lives. Let us thank them for their love and their support and their guidance. And let us remember that motherhood is not just about giving birth. It is about giving of oneself unconditionally and loving others. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again today for what you have already done in our worship service today. And as we are focusing on motherhood, this brings out many positive uh, feelings and emotions in our lives. And we think about how you've blessed us with wonderful women as mothers, but also for some of us, it does bring back a lot of, of hard memories or things that we miss, people that we have missed, loved ones that we have missed, Lord. And Lord, um, you are in control, Lord. You, you know exactly what's going on, Lord, and you have a plan for all of us. And so, Lord, today, just I want to take a moment and just pray for those women that have lost children. I am sure no one but those women know the pain of losing a child, no matter what their age is. But yet, Lord, you are comforting them and you are using them and you are blessing them. And, and that is not done in vain, Lord. But, Lord, nevertheless, it is a void today that, Lord, you have filled and will continue to fill. I pray for those that have those mothers that have wayward children that just aren't listening to them. Maybe the communication or the, the fellowship is broken. Lord, you know a lot about that too. Because your people who are supposed to love you have rejected you since the beginning of time. 
May you comfort them and let them know that that though their knees may be weary, though their handkerchiefs may be stained with tears of prayers for their wayward children, you hear every one of them and you are in control. We pray for those women who may be desiring to have children. And it may be difficult right now, Lord. Maybe we pray for those women that have no desire to have children today, but still have so much to offer children and those that are in their families. That they would be those positive role models. And I would be remiss if I didn't pray today, Lord, if there may be somebody that is in this sanctuary or watching by way of video, that maybe there is a woman that her, along with whoever was involved, decided to abort a baby. Some some people may not feel bad about that, but Lord, there there are many that do. There are many, you don't hear about this, but there are many women that live with the ghost child of wondering what would have happened if. And Lord, may you just remind them today that that is not the unpardonable sin. As much as politics and we try to make it, it is, it's a biggie, but all of them are biggie, Lord. But it's not unforgivable. So if there's someone needing your forgiveness of that, may they find it today. And for those who cannot have children, they know the sting of when somebody asks quite honestly and, and not meaning anything, so how many children do you have? And they have to respond with, we couldn't have any. If you walk in those shoes, you know the burden of that, of which they're not complaining. They know their lot in life. But God, may you remind them today, and that's why I've made sure that we we make sure that we honor our mothers. We honor our grandmothers that have given birth to our, our precious children. But there are mothers here today that have never given biological birth. We honor them as well today too, Lord. We thank you for our time together. And may this scripture be honoring to you and honoring to the beautiful women you have placed in our lives. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. First of all, as we look in Genesis chapter 2, if you've got a copy of God's Word, you can turn there. Genesis chapter 2, first book in the Bible, just a couple of pages in. We're going to be looking at verses 18 through 24. Genesis 2, verses 18 through 24. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Uh, If you have the Bible app, you can go under events and you can find an outline for this as well. If you're watching by way of Facebook, that link is there too. Well, verse 18 says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. You realize this is the first time in the entire Bible, granted it is in the beginning of it, but this is the first time we see recorded where God has ever looked at something and you say, hey, that's not good. He says, look, I'm not finished yet. I got some more work to do. So he looked at that and then God never intended for a man or a woman to be alone. It doesn't mean that you have to be married, and if you're not married, you are not fulfilling God's plan for your life, but it does mean that He has made us to crave relationships with one another. Some in a marriage relationship, some in a family relationship, some in a friendship relationship. But it says in verse 19, it was so important. It says in verse 19, so the Lord God formed from the ground, all the wild animals 
and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. Now, that had to have been a trip. You know, Adam sitting there going, snake, cockroach, dog, cat, beetle. You know, it just amazes me how he could have come up with all of those names. But the Lord helped him to do that. He he gave the, the woodpecker his name, the dodo bird his name. I think maybe the dodo bird has a legitimate uh, beef with the naming structure there. But nobody wants to be called a dodo. But um, he gave the names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But still, there was no helper just right for him. Look, it's great to be a, an animal lover, and you can have your pets, and you can have your farms, and you can have all these great things. And But still, he knew that there was something more that Adam needed. So in verse 21, and the reason we're here today, So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. When the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed. I can imagine Adam has been sitting here naming all these animals, and he goes, Woo! Now I like this one, God. He says, this one, all these others are great. You created him, but this one is part of me. This one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. And she will be called, whoa, man, woman, because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united in one. That is talking about metaphorically, like you will never be the same once you get married. You, the two just kind of like peanut butter and jelly. Once you put them together, you can't get them apart. And it also is a, a description of what happens physically when a man and a woman get married and consummate their marriage. But for the purpose of today, God has had a special plan for women since creation. They are treasured. They are, they, God saw that there was one more thing that he needed to do to make everything right. We see that he created a living woman from a living man. He was not created as a separate being from the ground. He was not to be an afterthought. She was not to be a slave or to be of lesser value of a priority than Adam. He, she was part of him. And God used Adam's rib to form Eve to show that they were created from one human life, filled with God's same spirit. Adam and Eve, they were two halves of a whole. We see that God created a woman to be an essential contributor to the creation. Look again to creation and marriage and families. He says in verse 19, I will make a helper who was just right for him. The meaning here literally means helper, not an assistant, not a subordinate, not a servant. Women were created by God to complement the man as an integral part of a man and as a powerful and influential companion for man. I have learned very early in ministry and very early in my marriage that the best thing I can do when I come up with a big decision is run it by my wife. Not because I need 
Well, yeah, I kind of do. I mean, the way God says, I do, we do need, I need her permission. Because we walk in lockstep together, right? But I found nine times out of ten, when something happens, I'm like, boy, this is what I'm going to be doing. She said, you ought to not do that. But this is what I want to say. No, you don't want to say that. Why? Because, well, I mean, it's just another value. How many of you men, your wives has gotten your ox out of a ditch because they stopped you before you did something dumb? Or even worse, you did something dumb and they cleaned up after it. They're beautiful. God knew what he was doing when he created women. Woman was created to be beside man, not to be ruled over by him or not to rule over him. In God's eyes, a man or woman, no one was more worthy than the other. Now, there's this new thing out that I don't know. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Some of you may have heard something about this new thing called Open AI or Chat GPT or Bard. Anybody know anything about that? Basically, it is like a Google search on steroids. And it will actually, not only if you want to search for something, it won't just go out and look and find things. It will actually put things together, like think about it and do things. So just out of a whim, I went to Google's version of uh, this AI called Bard. I know you're, I'm losing you right now. But check this out. This is, I said, uh, Bard, write a description for the position of mother. And this is what this smart AI put together. Unedited. Job title. Mother. Department. Family. Reports to. Father. Hmm. I'm going to leave that there. Granted, it was written by a computer, Okay. The mother is the primary caregiver for her children. She is responsible for their physical, emotional, and intellectual development. She also provides love and support and guidance. That was a summary of the position. Now, here's a list of responsibilities. To provide for the physical needs of her children, including food, clothing, shelter, and health care. To nurture and protect her children. To teach her children right from wrong. To help her children develop their talents and abilities. To be a role model for her children. Communicate with her children and listen to them. Discipline her children when necessary and love her children unconditionally. I mean, those of you that that have been mothers and have been doing this all your life, a lot of you would agree with that. I mean, right right now on that part, it's pretty close. Some of us, we are here today, our our vision of right and wrong and and our way that we treat people. The way I love my wife and the way that I interact with women in this church are a result of how my mother raised me. And they're a result, it's not always 100% proof. Sometimes things happen. There are glitches in systems where you can have a perfect mother and the child does their own thing. And there are times where you have a mother that was really struggling, but yet the child turned out to be okay. But for the purpose of this job description that this AI is putting together, that was pretty good, don't you think? Yes? No? Move on. Here's the qualifications to be a mother, according to AI. Love children. Yep, that would be a one. Patience. Can I get an amen on that, ladies? Okay. Understanding. Compassion. Strong communication skills. <laughs> like when you say, why, mom? And she says, because I'm your mother. There's, that's all the communication you need. Ability to handle stress. Oh, it's not stressful, is it? Yes, it is. 
ability to make decisions, and ability to work independently as a part of a team. The benefit, says, the benefit of being a mother are endless. Mothers get to experience the joy of watching their children grow and learn. They also get to build a strong relationship with their children that will last a lifetime. Now, again, the benefits usually in a job description would be your salary is this, your vacation is this, all of these monetary values. But those of you that are mothers, you know that there is no ledger sheet, there is no bank account, there is no investment that can give you the best investment of being a mother to your children and watch God use them and grow them to love God and to love you and to love others. There is not a price you can put on that. And so as we kind of look at I'll give AI a, a C plus on that. All right. They did, they did really good. But as we get back to the scripture, we see that women, your value comes straight from the hand of God. Your value is not in the ring that is on your finger. Your value is not even all the accolades that you, your children give you. It's not even the juice boxes that you take to ball practice. I mean, they, they love them. Those things are great. But your value doesn't even come from your husband. Your value comes from God. Mothers, daughters, sisters, grandmothers, those who have had children, those who have not had children, those who have been married and those who have not. I mean, the whole gamut here, your worth is not defined by your ability to have children or not. You are not less of a woman if you cannot have children. You are not more of a woman if you do. Woman is woman. And your value comes from God and God alone. Dear ladies, I can't say it enough. Your value comes from the hands of your Creator. We saw that in Genesis 2. He said, look, this is not great. Let me make it great. And He formed woman. And you are part of that creation. Your value comes from a God who loves you and made you for a specific purpose to balance out what needed to be make creation complete. He created you to complement and make stronger all of those who are around you. So every male in here today, every male watching this, every male should give thanks to God for the creation of woman. I'm telling you, sometimes the men are guilty of taking for granted what God has done for them by giving them women in their life, whether it be a mother, wife, sister, mentor, whatever it may be. Men, you and I should continually remember the gift God made in Eve. You and I should thank God every day for our mothers, our wives, our grandmothers. And not stop there. Be thankful for those friends and teachers and public servants. God never created a woman to be less than anything. He made them his finishing touch. It's almost like when you're watching a ball game and it's the last play of the game. And they score and the crowd goes crazy in the last second. Or it's like the musician. They finish their concert and they walk out. But you know what everybody does if it's good. They keep clapping and they want to come out for an encore. Women, you are God's encore. You were that winning run. That when all of a sudden God said, all the things I created, this is the best. Doesn't make man less. It doesn't make the crickets and the snakes and the gnats less, but it's all part of God's great creation. So I've got two deep thoughts I want to share with you this morning. Number one, 
If we find our value in those we love instead of God, if we if we find our value in those we love instead of God, if we find our value in our spouse, if we found our value in being a good parent for our children, if we find our value in our job, if that's what when somebody says, who is James Strickland? I am a preacher. That's great, but if my value is tied up into being a preacher, I could not be a preacher tomorrow. Then what happens? Our value is not wrapped up in those things we love. So again, if we, if we find our value in those we love instead of God, we lose our value when those relationships are strained. Many of you know what I'm talking about. You put your whole value in your spouse and the marriage didn't work out. You put all your value in your spouse and God took them. You put all your value in your children and they grew up. You put all your value in your children and they went so far from the family, you'd give anything to talk to them. If your value is in them, you're shot. But if your value is in God who created you, He will give you the strength to get through it. Because the second deep thought is, when we find our value in God and worship Him alone, we bless those around us from that overflow. I'm telling you, how many times do we see? You may may have happened to you. I don't know of anybody specifically in here, but I know that the statistics and the story is a lot of times that a husband and wife, they get married in college or high school or whatever, and it's all hot, 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 hot. It looks like a, a romantic novel, and then you have children, and then everything becomes about the children, and then the children get old enough to know and understand life. And then the, the, parent, the husband and wife look at each other and look, I don't know that person anymore, because their whole life has been children, their whole life has been work, their whole life has been everything else. You look at your spouse and you say, who are you? Because all of a sudden, you put the wrong emphasis in the wrong places. Look, I'm not, I'm not saying that to judge. I'm not, I'm not holier than thou. I'm not perfect. I've got, I've got issues too, folks. And even as a, a, we have not had children, but we've been married 30 years. And I would like to tell you that it was all a Hallmark card, but it wasn't. And I'll tell you what, that, you know, I, I don't say this in a mean way, but there are some things they say that a, a man will marry a woman that's like his mother. Some of them are going, <laughs> and they say that some girls marry men that are like their dads. Again, <laughs> but you know what? I don't see that as a bad thing. I see, there are some things that my mother does that that it just reminds me of the way that my mother would take care of me, and I love it. And I have learned that if she ever does something, and we're in a disagreement. Never call her by her mother's name. That doesn't work. Uh, you'll have to get flowers after that one if you do that. But I guess my point I'm trying to make here is that our value is found in God and God alone. So woman, let me tell you something. Lady, let me tell you something. God loves you. Whether you have children or not, whether you are young or old, whether you are widowed, married, or not even looking, God loves you. And then the next thing we see in Proverbs 31 is mothers and women of influence bless us 
by their example. I've used this passage many times, especially when some very sweet ladies in our church pass away. I, I go to this a lot because it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful sentiment. Proverbs 31, verses 13 through 23. Mothers and women of influence will bless us by their example. And there are three ways a woman of influence will bless us. The first thing is she is willing to sacrifice for those she loves. Look at verse 13. She finds wool and flax and busily spends it. She is like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. Now, for those of you in Iva, that's not a fire. That means from a long way. Okay? From afar. That wasn't funny, was it? I thought it was. <sighs> she gets... Some of you are like, oh, come on, preacher. Pot roast is waiting. She gets up before dawn she, to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. She goes to inspect the field and buys it with her earnings, and she plants a vineyard. This is a beautiful description. It's not saying that all these things have to be done in the morning. All these things have to be done in an hour, a day, or a week. But it just shows that this woman is sacrificing herself for her family and those she loves. The author is communicating that there are many different things that she is doing. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, if we paid mothers for a, if there was a job, like I said earlier, but there was a legitimate job that we had to pay the women in our lives to be mothers, we couldn't afford it. Could not afford it. But they do it out of love and sacrifice. Why do they, why do they do that? Why do they get up in the morning and do it over and over again? Though they may not spin wool or flax today. Any of y'all wool spinners? Flax spinners? If you do, let me know what it's like, because I'd like to know what that means. But you are doing what it takes to support you and your family and to provide for your family. Look, I know that there's back in the, the 50s and 60s, there was the, the understanding or the, or the appearance that the, the man makes the bread and the woman stays at home. I don't know how accurate that was even back then. Just because good housekeeping wrote an article and said what the woman should be doing. When you read it, yeah, I'd, some of you women would be offended, and I'm sure that you probably would be, and you have a right to be. Because there are things that women do that men could not even fathom. I'm going to tell you, I am glad that God made me a male because I would not want to know what it's like to give birth. A kidney stone was close enough. But there are things that, that women do for us. They sacrifice. Also, they teach love and compassion for others. Look at verses 20 through 23. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. She makes her own bedspreads. She dresses the fine linen and purple gowns. Her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. This is the best example that you can give to those who are watching you is having love and compassion for you, for your family, and for others. The mother in this passage is doing what it takes to make everybody in her family successful. And if that's not what a mother is, if that's not what a woman of influence is, I don't know what is. And also we see that God blesses a woman who supports her family. I'm going to go ahead and tell you what. 
this is just me as a personal thing, and this is not scripture. This is just my opinion, so chalk it up as that. We're getting ready to the end, so don't worry. You're, you're going to be fed here in a minute by somebody, not me. Um, if you call, I mean, if they like this, that's between you and them, but man, don't call your wife the old lady. If I'm meddling, I'm sorry. Women, don't call your husband the old man. Guys, it's not funny when you're with your dudes and you say, yeah, the old ball and chain's at home. Is that showing value when we have names and titles for each other like that? Is that what we're communicating to other people when we say that we've got the ball and chain at home or I got the old lady at home? And Yeah, I know it's cute and all the guys understand it, but really, is there not any other term of endearment you could use? What does it look like to outside people when you are downplaying the role and the value of what God had placed on the women in your life? It matters. Never, ever, ever down your family member. Never, ever down your wife. Or your mother. Never down them in front of somebody else. Because when you do it, it shows the lack of respect that you have for her and a lack of respect you have for God. And also, by the way, a lack of respect for yourself. Women are special. Women are made by God. Women's value are placed in God. And we must never do anything To chip away at that. It's not cute. It's not funny. And it's poor taste. Opinion. There's not a verse on that. But I'm extrapolating on what it says here. So as we wrap up today. We all need God's grace. To be the person of influence. He has created us to be. There may be somebody here today. Well preacher that sounds great. But I've lived up nowhere near to that. And my being a mother or a lady of influence or the guys are like, (laughs) I can tell you some stuff, preacher. Look, I understand. This is this is what God has designed for us. But I got news for you. We all fall short. We all screw up. We all don't get it right all of the time. We all need God's grace to be the person of influence He has created us to be. And so we worship God today, and we need Him today. As special as the women God are that He has placed in our life today, we do not worship them. We worship God and thank Him for them. God asks a lot of us, and there are days when we thrive, and there are other days when we're just barely hoping to survive. No one is perfect. But let me encourage you, ladies. Let me encourage you, men. Let me encourage you, kids. No one is perfect. But Jesus makes us perfect. Let me close with this verse. We do this. It's Hebrews 12, 2. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. The champion who initiates and perfects our faith. If you don't have it all together, that's okay. Because it's not up to you to become perfect. It is Christ who will make you perfect. Believe in Jesus.
because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding his shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor of God beside his throne. Folks, God is not asking any one of you here today to be perfect. He does not expect you to be perfect. That is why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on your your behalf for your sins. So you who can never be perfect will one day be made perfect through the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you believe in Jesus and you love him and love others. And there may be one here this morning whose mother has been praying for them to become a Christian for years. Maybe today is the day those prayers pay off. I'm going to have an invitation. If you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, it's, I know, oh, preacher, I don't want to walk in front of people. Well, hey, if I had the cure for cancer, would you want to come up and get it? Absolutely you would. But I'm giving you, not me, but I'm showing you the cure for eternal salvation. Through Jesus Christ. If you would like to know Jesus as your Savior today, we will pray with you. We can make that known today. If you'd like to join the church or be baptized, whatever it may be. You may just want to come to the altar and pray. Or you may just want to sit there and hug on your mom and lover. Whatever it may be, this invitation is a time for you to stand and respond. Would you stand? Mm-hmm.